This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Silverado. We sure are. <laughs> this movie came out in 1985, directed by Lawrence Kasdan, written by Lawrence Kasdan and Mark Kasdan, starring Kevin Klein, Scott Glenn, Kevin Costner, Danny Glover, uh, Brian Dennehy, John Cleese, others. Goldblum. Goldblum? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Jeff Goldblum. Um, the little girl from the movie with the thing. Meg Kazan. <laughs> no, that's not Meg Kazan. Linda Hunt. There you go. All right. Uh, this was nominated by me, even though I had never seen it before, but I've heard good things. And uh, yeah, so obviously I never saw the theater. This is the first time I've ever seen it. And uh, we'll talk about it as we go. That's my experience with it. Alex? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, another one <laughs> from the, the uh, our old video store that I always see on the shelves on the VHS. And I knew my parents had seen it, but I never did for whatever reason. So this is my first time watching it. Okay. And Scott? Uh, my, my dad was, was super into westerns. And so I think we had this on VHS, but it was also on one of the one of those first movies in heavy rotation on cable. Um, so I think that's really where I remember it from the most. Um, yeah, a little too young to have seen this in theater, I think. But uh, since then, you know, it, it's it's got a big rotation on, again on, on all the different cable stations. Uh, I hadn't seen it in a while though when we, when I sat in and watched it again for the podcast. Yeah, my dad also huge Western guy, and I don't know if he likes this one or not. I, mean, I saw him just this week, or was it this weekend or last weekend? And I was going to ask him. It was right after I saw it. I completely forgot if he liked it, but I have a feeling he does because my dad's a big fan of Kevin Klein, and I have no idea what that would be other than this movie. Because my dad <laughs> isn't like anybody who's not in westerns. Like, ask my dad, who's your favorite actor? Uh, Clint Eastwood. Second favorite, uh, John Wayne. So. Yeah, I think it's probably he probably does like this movie, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, another interesting thing is this is Lawrence Kasdan, the guy who wrote Empire Strikes Back, interesting, and mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, I think, but also Solo. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> there it is, <laughs> and it's got goddamn Brian Dennehy in it. So that fucking Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. As usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. And I will go first. Um, <laughs> Please do. I will. So, <laughs> I, I just have this one comment. is Pimp Goldblum is my number seven. He shows up in his fur coat and his... I don't even know if he had a cane, but I just... First thing I saw, I was like, what the fuck? Jeff Goldblum's in this? And he's dressed like a Western pimp. So, there it is. And he's a, he's a bat. He's an asshole. You think he's on the good guy's side, and he's not. What a jerk! His, 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 yeah, his outfit is is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I do, I do like they they definitely went out of their way in this movie with the with the costuming uh, that I really liked. But yeah, him especially. 
Why are they all dressed like they're in the Arctic? They're like dressed for the thing, not for being out in the goddamn desert. The but desert's it's cold. cold at night. It's yeah. fucking cold. Like half the scenes, like you can see the the, the steam coming nope. out of their breath. You can see their water droplets. Yeah, yes. in the shade. They no. can see got to six feet apart. I understand. Splits. <laughs> I always understand the desert is cold, but I don't know. I always get confused when I watch westerns where they're first of all they quench their thirst with a bottle of whiskey. No. I have more to say about that. <laughs> and they're always just wearing so many clothes. I'm like, God damn it, stop. I mean, it's, it's probably the most realistic thing in this movie was that. I know. Like, they were trying to, like, they were at least making a token effort to dress against the cold. I understand. At least some of them. It's just, I don't know. And I also decided, I, as, as a person who reached, recently bought a house, I'm putting saloon doors in my house somewhere because they're awesome. I don't know where. <laughs> Maybe into the bathroom. Somewhere <laughs> there's going to be saloon doors. So anyway, Pim I mean, Goldblum. I mean, I mean, the bathroom makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah. Keeps the smell out. Or does it? Number seven. Alex, what's your number seven? Uh, when Goldblum makes his entrance <laughs> right after uh, Cobb kills the guy that he just fired. He just goes, hey, Sheriff, I'm a gambler. Uh, I'd like a job, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that cracked me up. I was looking looking for a game, not not a job, but yeah. Oh, I was looking for a game. There you go. Yeah, talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was very <laughs> very good. It was, it was just so one. weird. Like, if you think of all the people to shoehorn into a western, <laughs> Go Bloom is is the last one. It's clearly yeah. just Lawrence Kasdan wanted to like. He had his go-to actors, and, and Goldblum was one of them. But what about him or Jason Priestley? Who who was dressed more ridiculously? No, who is more ridiculous oh, to cram oh, sh- sh- into a western? Uh, I mean, Goldblum. Yeah, really. I like Jason Priestley's character. Okay. In Tombstone, it was great. He's wonderful. <laughs> All right, Scott you got to have some there. law. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's got a good mini arc right there. Anyway, I wonder seven. Say is, Christmas Day. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, old school westerns they're, they're clearly filmed on a back lot, and then you, then you start getting into the spaghetti westerns, and they're just in the middle of the goddamn desert, and it just makes you thirsty watching them. Um, this they they went out of their way to, to show like the. The wilderness and uh, it is gorgeous. Like, um, yeah. it, what, I think one of the coolest things about about modern, more modern westerns, anyway, um, is that they they can go out of their way to get these these awesome shots everywhere. Um, uh, you see it like here. Um, uh, what's the Kevin Costner um, free open range? range? Open range. Open thank range. you. Yeah. Open range. Uh, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. Um, I mean, those both came quite a while after this one, uh, but but still, it, it is uh, you know you really get a sense of like where they live and and you know where they, where all this is taking place and how it kind of forms like why these people are the way that they are dealing with the this kind of harsh um, but uh, beautiful climate. So that's why they put up with it. Yep, be, be like some of those shots when they're like riding through the canyons and. Cross up. I did laugh at one point when when they when they do uh, when uh, Scott Glenn and Kevin Klein, or not Kevin Klein, uh, Costner, uh, Costner. Yes, thank you. 
um, come across the, the wagon train and they tell him, oh, this is bad country. You don't want to be out here. And you look around and it's beautiful. <laughs> like I, I, He's like, there's no water for like four days. And I guess that could be true. But it seemed like they were pretty nice when they were. <laughs> yeah. And that's the guy, the guy that was like leading the wagon train. That's the guy from Fifth Element. And uh, yes. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> something we did recently, right? Yeah, it's it's Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Uh, and and also probably most importantly, Tango and Cash. <laughs> That's the one I'm thinking of. It was Tango and Cash, not Blade Runner. It's uh Brian uh Dennehy. <laughs> not not fucking Brian Dennehy. There we go. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's like uncredited in this, which yeah, he had, like yeah, like a lot of lines, and he was completely kind of cut out of it. Uh, it was Brian? That's oh, gonna be Brian James. That's what it was. Yeah, the great right. Brian James. As, as not a bad guy in this, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> you bastards. All right. Um, my number six is the stampede scene. I really liked it. I mean, it was just a cool little device, right? You know, you could sneak up on your on your victims. But just, that was a real goddamn stampede, it looked like to me. I don't know what else, how else they would have done it. So yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Um. Yeah, just seeing Stampede. You don't see that in many movies. And uh, like I said, it was a cool little device to sneak up on your your victims, your prey. There it is. Yeah, so this movie's full of all kind of cool callbacks to, to previous westerns. Um, and yeah, like uh, the Stampede. Is, it's something that had been done before, but um, yeah, they use it to, to very good effect here. Yeah, and I will say I've seen like five westerns in my entire life, and four of them are spaghetti <laughs> westerns, and then <laughs> a Tombstone, and then this now. So I don't have a deep uh, knowledge of westerns, but I like what I saw in that. And, and Blazing Saddles, and Blazing Saddles, and City Slickers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number six. My number six is the very short uh, shootout that they have at the beginning with the uh, when. Uh, Kevin Klein is in his long johns. That was great. Great way to set up his character that he knows what he's he knows how to handle himself with this with the gun. Yeah. I, I I do I do I did really like the the writing in this movie. Just how they they keep it short and sweet setting up most of these characters. Mhm. Goes in there the gun's practically falling apart in his hands. <laughs> finally gets it up and you know not panicking throughout the whole thing even though a whole <laughs> he almost gets his dick shut off yeah it's pretty good yeah and good. I don't know if you guys are going to talk about Kevin Costner at all are you on yeah. honorable mention just yeah. a fucking weird role for him yeah like it's so he's pretty much playing the character from um, Tombstone uh, or he at least he looked like him oh who that play Camp Town Racers? Like that's what he reminded me of in this movie. What's oh, I forget. <laughs> the guy from? Was it Wings? Sideways, and yeah, Sideways, Lord. yeah. Um, Sandman, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Spider Man Three, <laughs> Tom Thomas Hayden Church. There you go. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, he just reminded me of that maybe because the way his handkerchief. I don't know, but he just reminded me of that, and I'm like, I kept thinking like, yeah, that's. I mean, I know we give Kevin Costner a bunch of shit, but like, he's like kind of the biggest actor out of all of those guys, no? And then he's like kind of. Well, not 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 in 1985. But I know, not in 85, but like 
now I'm not, I'm not watching 1985. I'm watching it now, right? So right, like, right. Is is again? He's because he, he he always goes from like ah shucks to righteous indignation, like it pretty much that's it for him. Um, <laughs> so to see him bouncing off the walls in this movie is is a little weird. Yeah, I kind of liked it. It's not you know. Yeah, it was fun. Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you yield? Because yeah, this is before Dances with Wolves and any of that stuff, right? Right, and right. Feel the dreams and. Or, or him, or him doing, uh, which might have been Lawrence Kasdan again. Uh, the that five-hour biopic he did on White Herb, right around the same time as Tombstone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. White Herb. No thanks. All right, uh, Scott, number six. Number six. So in my misspent youth, I, I had uh, <laughs> had one particularly bad experience with whiskey, and and that was it for me. Um, was it wild turkey? It might have something to do with wild turkey. Um, the, uh, I mean, I do remember watching Alex swish that shit around in his mouth like it was mouthwash. Mm. Ugh. Uh, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> yep. I mean, as long as it's killing germs. Um, mm-hmm. That all that said, I've never seen a movie that makes whiskey look as good as this movie does. Like. <laughs> You see, like James Bond movies and things like that, or, or whatever, where they're. I mean, he's just Martini. <laughs> Don't swish your whiskey. Oh yeah. God, <laughs> it burns. Uh, I mean, Martini. Like maybe James Bond's a bad example, but where you know the these super suave people have you know a couple of drinks on the rocks and like, oh, that looks really good. And this, it's not even that. They just pour like a shot in a bottle. But it's everybody's reaction to the whiskey. It's like some, like nectar of the gods that everybody treats it as. Uh, you know, Danny Glover sells it probably better than anybody else in this movie. Uh, when when he takes oh, that yeah, sip that on great. the way out after he's getting kicked out of town, yeah, uh, where it's like the best thing that's ever touched his lips, um, and just Kevin Klein's character getting excited with Linda Hunt um, about the good stuff. Um, yeah. You know, the four of them taking the shot at the end, like they they just like there's like a holy place for. Whiskey in, the, in this uh, version of the West uh, that that I really liked. So that's one number six. So and like I said I don't have much experience with westerns. So what, for, one of the other westerns I forgot to mention was Back to the Future Three. <laughs> when when Marty goes and he, he asks for a water or all I gave him was whiskey, but he finally gets a glass of water and it's just like filthy. It's like is that? I wonder how true that is, where it's just so much cleaner and safer just to drink whiskey because it's been <laughs> boiled and filled yeah. with yeah, alcohol yeah. as opposed to just some nasty-ass will water. Yeah, some so that's, brown water. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number six, is, or five, I should say, is um, mm-hmm. the the actors in this movie. Um, it's just a great cast. Like, I did not know when I was seeing the kid. Like, I... I think I knew that Kevin Klein was in it, and that was it. And so when I saw all of a sudden I saw Scott Glenn and um, Kevin Costner and Danny Glover, I was just and they were all really really good. Like I think Danny Glover, I've only all the Lethal Weapon movies and like a couple other ones. So it was really good to see him in this. Like and not to mention Predator too. But I thought he was uh, really not, good in this. Yeah, not not to like stop me if if this is on somebody's list, but. Uh... He does have the coolest shot in the entire movie. When they when they do like the like the commando esque gearing up for like twenty seconds in the cave. 
Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, not on my list, but yeah. It was nice. And he, and he turned and he's he's holding two rifles. Like, oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just the actor, like the cast of this movie was is, is great. And uh, yeah, D- Dennehy's great here. Yeah, and Dennehy, like, that charismatic bad guy that when you first meet him, you're like, yeah, yeah they're, like you they're know. quietly like kind of like not overtly, but still incredibly menacing. Like, yeah. as, as opposed to, like, Jeff Fahey, who's just, like, staring holes through things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, granted, he's almost wearing the same uh, corduroy flannel cotton yeah. there, there Rambo are, there outfit. Are, there are more than a couple of similarities <laughs> between him and his character from that. Yes. Yeah, from <laughs> another king shit cop. <laughs> like, his line, his line at the end about how uh, this used to be a peaceful place is, like, almost verbatim, right? <laughs> Seriously, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> They don't want any new people in town. Yeah. So, but anyway, the actors of this movie, I, I really enjoyed all of them. So that's my number five. Alex. My number five, and I thought this was going to be a running thing throughout the whole movie, and I was a little disappointed that it wasn't, is that Peyton, whenever he went to a new place, he would kill somebody and, and reclaim some of the stuff that was stolen from him. So at first he goes into town while he's having his long johns, and he kills that guy. It's like, oh, it's my horse, and he's got the saddle name of the... Okay. Then he goes into... Uh, was this when he first got to Silverado, or is it another town? This is a different town. Yeah. And he sees... Oh, because he just... Oh, yeah, I had a really nice hat with a silver band. It was very pretty. Yeah. And he walks into the saloon, and sure enough, there's a guy wearing his hat. And then that's where it ended, and I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, man. Want to see him kill somebody else to get more stuff. He's got my socks. Blam. <laughs> it only had one toe sticking out. They were still yeah. cool. <laughs> but I thought it was cool. Yeah. It was weird that I don't know if anyone has John Cleese on their list. Like, that was... I, I do. Okay. No, I'll tell you. All right, then, uh, Scott, number five. <laughs> number five, I, I pretty much said everything I wanted to about Dennehy, but... Uh... This is so yeah. I I don't think I like I, I you know this first blood and like FX. Like I can't really think of a whole lot of Brian Dennehy <laughs> movies. Tommy yeah. Boy, yeah. To- Tommy Boy, yeah. Um, uh, just shoot me. I don't remember that one. South Park yeah, a TV show. Oh, he was on the TV show. <laughs> yeah, wow. At, at any rate, but yeah, he's he's so good here. He just has this kind of wry amusement the whole time. Uh, but you know, just like there's something. Like, basically evil right below the surface. Um, it, it gets a little cartoonish at points, but uh, I think that's intentional, um, given given the, the way this movie's structured and what, what Kazan was going for. Um, but yeah, I, I loved, uh, you know, um, I'll talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the showdown at the end, but, um, you know, just, just all the stuff he says, you know, just very even keel. Like, he... That what might be my favorite line in the movie when he says, "We're running out of deputies." I'm running out of deputies. <laughs> like he's not upset about the fact that his deputies are dying, but he's just like, "I better take care of this soon." I'm running out of deputies. Like he's still yeah. making jokes too. Um, but yeah, I thought he, he was really effective in this. Uh, unfortunately, the other guy less so. Um, I mean, that, that guy was fine, but yeah, it was it was it was uh, Denny that was really kind of carrying the load there. Yeah, definitely. 
good. He's like, so, and he's just charismatic, right? So right, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's still like li- like likable on some level. Yeah. All right, um, we're on to my number four, which would be. Yes. Uh, yeah, at the end of the, you know, there was the kind of, the, everyone had their little showdown, but when uh, Scott Glenn is on the horse, he gets shot, and he's getting chased by the guy, and he does a jump kick, horse to the, <laughs> hoof to the face, or whatever that was. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was some creative kills. Well, that, was yeah. sweet, that was like poetic justice. <laughs> it was. After, because yeah. the same thing happened to him. Yeah, but there wasn't a flying jump kick like this. He That's got this true. guy. Got. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> so that was badass. Now, the whole tire, like everyone getting their comeuppance and everyone kind of, all the good guys coming out on top was good, but I just love that. I don't think I've ever seen a guy get killed with a flying hoof to the face. So that is my number four. Yeah, time that shit just right. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, which number four? My number four is the fist fight with Danny Glover. That was awesome. It's always pretty satisfying when somebody punches a racist in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so all these guys aren't running out of town just because he's black. And he beats the shit all by himself. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, Peyton and uh, what's uh, what's his face name? Emmett. Uh, Emmett. Emmett. Yeah. Uh, they were just minding their own business, eating their breakfast, but they stick up for him. It's like, no, these two guys started the ruckus. <laughs> when uh, John Cleese enters, and he's like, all right, we're not, we're not going to charge you for the damages since these guys started, but you need to get out. Yeah. Not before he takes that last delicious sip of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. That shot, oh, so The rejuvenating good. sip of whiskey. It's like an elixir mm-hmm. from Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> His health and MP all maxed out again. Yep, yep. All right, Scott, number four. <laughs> number four is uh, uh, Linda Hunt and Kevin Klein in this movie together. Um, like, they're, they're, there's like a, kind of an instant rapport between the two of them where they, they be, like, it's it's crazy because they're, they're, they're not love interests and it's not like a, a, a traditional damsel in distress kind of thing. Um, but, like, I, I loved every scene when it was just the two of them. And they're just kind of talking, um, you know. He, he's he's kind of this, not necessarily world weary, but he, he's definitely been around, um, and he he's just kind of taking it easy there. And she she kind of recognizes into him like uh, somebody that 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 gets what what she wants, which is you know just to have this quiet saloon. Well, not quiet necessarily, but uh, this the saloon that she can run. Um, and then they hit it off. Um, yeah, yeah, I love the scene in the back when, you know, they're, they're she's about to pour some of the good whiskey for him. Um, I, lo- I love the shot of uh, they showing her having the, um, I guess the ramp behind the bar because <laughs> yeah. she's so short. Um, but yeah, just just the way that they they hit it off together. Um, I really like the two of them in this, um, and, and and just individually, um, you know, of course, Kevin Klein's great. Um, and he, he has, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was telling you guys uh, off the podcast that this movie made me laugh out loud more than, uh, the movie we did last, which was the great outdoors, which is supposed to be a, a pure comedy, <laughs> yeah. but some, some of the stuff in this movie is like, uh, there, there are a couple quick scenes, a couple gags that are, uh, they're definitely hysterical. 
Um, and, and Kevin Klein's in the middle of a couple of them. Like, yeah, again, when he gets shot in the crotch and he just kind of like looks down, um, that, you know, that made me laugh like Alex mentioned. Uh, but, uh, there's, there's another scene with, with John Cleese, which I'll mention in a minute. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just the, the two of them are great. Agreed. That was awesome seeing her. It's like, oh, it's the lady from If Looks Could Kill. <laughs> that's that's a rebel. <laughs> wow, Richard Grieco. Yeah, Grieco. Grieco. <laughs> oh, that's going on my list. <laughs> I couldn't seriously. I recognize her so much, but I couldn't name a movie, a single movie that she was in. And I had to look it up, like Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, yeah, she's the principal. Yeah, she. <laughs> what it feel like punching that son of a bitch? Yeah. She mimes the punch. That's. <laughs> I'm looking here. Popeye, Dune, The Incredibles. Incredibles. Oh yeah, that's right. She was <laughs> shout out Mapes or whatever. <laughs> she wasn't actually The Incredibles. That Edna Mode. This made it look like her. her. Looks yeah. Like her, yeah. <laughs> she was not in the Austin Power movie, right? Somebody no. else. Okay. No, no. What it's about like Mindy Kaling? I'm sure it's not her, but it's reminded me of her in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. When he, I forgot to see, but he basically falls into a Nazi base or whatever, and the lady goes, "Allah!" Uh, no, that's not her. No, no, no just, I that I thought that was Frau Barbissendo for the longest time, but I don't think that's her either. Right, just random Nazi. Yeah, I mean, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Anywho, <laughs> yeah. On my number three, sorry, like actually, work stuff's popping up right now. And I'm trying to ignore. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my number three is all the fancy horse riding skills in this movie. You could tell they hired some yes. real yep. badass cowboys or whatever. They right, just no problem jumping and one handing and no handing and everything they're doing. Not not only that, but you could tell they definitely took the actors to school too. Oh yeah. Because they're all right. They all look like pros. Yeah, I just, I just, there was a great mix of yeah, like the actual actors knowing how to ride horses, and then just when you know the, the distant shots of the really cool stuff, you could tell they knew what they were doing. Like no hands a bunch of times. So fancy horse riding skills is my number three. Alex, the opening sequence was phenomenal. You just Emmett is just in a little shack. And then it gets all shot up and everything, and he finally survives. But the 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 thing that made my jaw drop was that when uh, he just opened the door and the camera goes follows him out the door and it's it, this open wide like valley, it's like fantastic vista. Ah, oh, New Mexico, beautiful country. Yes, uh, I had that little higher with that opening that door was awesome. And yeah, outside. That was phenomenal. <laughs> For. New Mexico is a real shithole, but they managed to find the best parts of it. <laughs> yeah, well, the desert. The it's like desert. Like, desert, just like Badland. It's just like flat rock, like like rocky. Yeah, it's awful. I've never been, so but I know they make meth there, according to Breaking Bad. <laughs> All right, Scott. Number three. Uh, my number three is John Cleese. Uh, I. I, I I found myself just kind of grinning stupidly at every scene he was in. Um, the yeah, the funniest moment in the entire movie with the chest <laughs> where he's sitting across from one of his deputies 
And they're playing chess, the and then he turns the board around because he's just playing with himself. <laughs> so that's such a, a funny idea. Um, but yeah, just him, you know, he's, he, he like plays the British way up. Like, he, he first walks in, he, he says like, oh, what's all this then? Like, just completely British. Um, you know, so I also have a little bit more to say about uh, the all the Western tropes in, in number one. Um, you can tell Kasdan, you know, much the same way as like Indiana Jones, like them reaching back to like the serials they liked as kids. This is kind of like that, but for Westerns. Um, you know, you take all the coolest parts about Westerns and and basically dialed them to 11 for this movie. Um, mm. But they do nod at, at the racism going on here. Um, and, and it's actually kind of cool where the, the barkeeper, barkeeper drops the M-bomb and John Cleese's character says like... I, I don't much care for that word. And that's the last time you, you hear that in the movie. Some of the characters will, will call like Danny Glover boy a couple times. Um, but that's like, and, and the father explains like, again, this is just like when we were in, in Georgia getting burnt out. Um, and I know that's all that's awful. So the, the movie does kind of acknowledge that, like all, that, all those horrible things. Um, but it, it was kind of a good device to say like, okay, th- that's not what this movie's going to be about for better or worse. Um, and John Cleese lays that out, um, but yeah, him, yeah, you know, just being like the, the, the complete like law and order sheriff. He doesn't, you know, yeah, he he, he finds racism deplorable, but he'd rather have, you know, keep the peace in town. Um, the when when they're chasing him on the way out of town, uh, when his hat gets shot off, um, the, the one of the deputies <laughs> says, "But we're still within our jurisdiction," and he says, "Today my jurisdiction ends right here." Yeah, pick up my hat. <laughs> yeah, that's like, awesome. God, he was so, so good in this. Um, and I was I was reading the trivia for this, um, and uh, apparently, he he when he wrote uh, a fish called Wanda, like, he specifically wanted to cast Kevin Klein based on them working together in this movie. That's what um, I was going to ask you guys. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was, you know, the second funniest line in the movie, uh, or the thing in the movie was. When when uh, John Cleese sits down with them, um, with with just uh, Kevin Klein and Scott Glenn, and says, "I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not from around these parts." <laughs> Kevin Klein just completely stone faced, just says, "You're joking." <laughs> <laughs> like that was such such a good take on 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 you know making that funny, um, you know, still keeping in character, uh, where, where you know Kevin Klein's character is, is kind of. Uh, understated and everything that he does um yeah i just love john cleese and i couldn't help but think of uh unforgiven um which i do want to uh review at one point for the podcast here um, so maybe we should put why don't you put that on your list yeah, yeah. yeah maybe i should god damn uh, get mannequin two out of here no way <laughs> well i mean we're doing mannequin two first which means that we would have done mannequin one uh mannequin two on the move by the way um, is the full title? Uh, yeah, in in an unforgiven uh, Richard Harris, who's who's great, in, in that plays a a kind of outright Brit in the in the old west, and I wonder if if there was any kind of inspiration um, from that uh, from from what John Cleese was doing here. Uh, but uh, yeah, he just used a great effect. You know, it's one of one of those one of those things where you kind of cast an actor against type and and setting. And it really works out. 
Uh, so yeah, I really like John Cleese in this. That's my number three. Nice. I would say that one thing I really enjoyed, like not enjoyed, but like it was just crazy. Like two movies we've watched. How long ago did we do a Fish Called Wanda? I was like, not what the hell? We ago. haven't done any Cleese or Klein movies, and within like a month of each other, we're doing back to back combos. <laughs> yeah. With I didn't have because I had no idea who was in this movie, so that, that was pretty crazy. All right, uh, on to my number two, which mm-hmm. is one armed rifle shooting. <laughs> there is a lot of just one-handed shooting <laughs> yeah. rifles in this movie and uh, I don't know how that works but I highly comment on it good or I bad it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good or bad it was still kind of it was fun for I mean this is basically our Marvel movies these days right so I'll take it have fun with it but it's like eh, I don't think you can do that so yeah, there's all kinds of ridiculous shooting in this movie yeah mm-hmm. I did like they did I, I didn't keep track the entire movie, but when Scott Glenn's out there practicing, and as soon as he shoots his last his last round, he's like, you're empty. Like, they kind of, you know, a lot of Westerns, from what I've been told, they don't really keep track of how many rounds are in their six-shooter, where yeah. this one, as soon as he, he and last, the last one, that's when they come out of the bushes, like, you're empty. I thought that was pretty cool. But I like the one-armed rifle shooting better. It's badass. Scott, or Alex, sorry, number two. I really like the ensemble cast in this movie. Yeah. Um, I knew that Danny Glover was in it, and that's about it. But then I came, you know, then Kevin Costner's in there, and then Kevin Klein, uh, Stick from Daredevil. What's his name? <laughs> Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Thank you, Jeebus H. Uh, Scott Glenn, uh, John Cleese, Goldblum, Dennehy, everybody, even Jeff Fahey, the lawnmower man himself. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, it was just a great cast. Yeah, I mean, none, none of us have even mentioned uh, Rosanna Arquette. I mean, just kind of shoe, shoehorn in a little bit of romance into this. Yeah, it just hit me that she's the other chick from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, she's uh, the whole Eric time Stol- I was watching the movie. Eric Stoltz's wife. Yeah, yeah, the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, "Where? What's she from? I know her." So do I you? Didn't, I didn't get her the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was trippy. <laughs> magic marker. A fucking, fucking magic marker. <laughs> pen. I felt pen. All right. Scott, number two. All right. Number two was the, the four-piece showdown at the end. Um, again, uh, you know, Kasdan definitely had a vision for, for this being like the you know, we'll callback to, to a bunch of other westerns. Uh, but I love the way they split it up. Um, and each of the scenes is short and sweet. Uh, doesn't get dragged out. Uh, you know, they don't fight a million guys. They kind of already did that previously, so I think that that was kind of smart um, to not do that. Like, Scott Glenn's really the only one that has to do any real amount of shooting. <laughs> Who? Uh, <laughs> Stick. From Stick. I thought you said Zach Glenn. No, Scott Glenn. <laughs> Emmett. Going to Emmett's Fix-It Shop to fix Emmett. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the only one that has to get, like, any real shootouts. Um, but yeah, I really, think it's over short and sweet. Um, you know, I, I love the, the the super old school um, showdown. The my favorite of the four was um, uh, the Kevin Klein Dennehy. Um, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was cool. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. Yeah, we can hear. 
sorry. <laughs> what, what was that? It sounded very, like, futuristic. Well, somebody keeps doing shitty stuff with their horns outside. Anyway, um, apologies. Uh, yeah, the, the final showdown between uh, between Peyton and uh, Cobb. Oh. Cobb. Uh, <laughs> where, you know, he again, Cobb's like, could have been a sweet deal. And uh, I love how they, they they say goodbye to each other. Goodbye, Peyton. Goodbye, Cobb. Yeah, and then cool. they have the old, the, the old, old, super old movie where they're like 80 feet away from each other. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, they, they draw down and uh, you know, Kevin Klein is the, the faster draw. Um, and then they, they meet up at the saloon as, as they said they would. Um, I, mean, I even love like the write-up with, with the four of them. And they all kind of split up, heading to different parts of the town. Uh, you know, just again, it is it's it's all the like the really fun part of, of westerns being crammed in here um, throughout the, the movie. And uh, yeah, I really like the, the the final showdown the the most as far as like the action is concerned. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, my number one, which I think Alex already mentioned, is just the. Or I don't know who said it. The look, just the they definitely took advantage of the the landscape that were out there, and that the one shot coming out of the shack or cabin, whatever that was, was awesome. I just love they they took they made use of being out on location. I just thought it was it was awesome. It makes you want to go out there and see that part of the country, which I guess technically we live kind of really close to that part of the country, and I've seen just a tiny bit of it. I've I've been to Arizona. It's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> Been to Arizona. So I, spent, been to... Spent a, I spent a lot of time in Arizona. It's, it's... Yeah, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Texas. Yeah. Been there all. There is. But whatever. There's parts of that look nice. Um, I, I props to, to Danny Glover because I'm pretty sure that was not like any like when when he trudges out to that stream uh, to, to for for his father's body. Like that looked like it was fucking freezing. Like, <laughs> He he must have really gone out there in the cold because, like, I don't know how else they would have made it look like that. Mm. I mean, I can imagine how they would have made it look like that, but like, I don't think they they had they really did anything. You just were like, yeah, it's it's fucking freezing. Just get in and out, It'll warm you up. <laughs> and uh, Danny Glover was game for it. Get too old for this shit. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm doing work and podcasting at the same time. All right, um, whose turn is it? It's mine. Alex, number, number one. one. <laughs> Sorry, oh, guys. I I'm just loved pro. Right from the start, all the shootouts were fantastic. They didn't go nuts with you know any fancy editing or anything like that, any bullshit like that, any over-elaborated uh, choreography. Uh, as Scott said, they just kept it nice and simple. They let the shootouts just play out and it was great every single one it was pretty awesome it was something to look forward to like, it was like oh shit heavy shootout it's awesome yeah love a good shootout mm-hmm. and there wasn't too many of the sort of ricocheting off the rock <laughs> yeah sound that's right <laughs> <laughs> <G-S-H>. <laughs> no Wilhelms in this which I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> yeah Kasdan where you at yeah. Anyways. He's bright in the solo movie. <laughs> yeah, he's got that solo for, movie. For, for 25 years. 
Or for longer than that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like 85. So he did Empire five years before this. And he did, I think he wrote Jedi as well, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, he just just come off of the Star Wars <laughs> trilogy. All right, Scott, number one. Uh, number one is... Uh, uh, it kind of ties together a lot of the other things I've been talking about. Uh, this this movie is a, a a kind of a love letter to like the fun part of westerns, the stuff as as like a kid that that I really enjoyed, um, and, and I, I I think maybe that's where Chasm is coming through here. Um, again, it does acknowledge um, some some of the racism. Um, uh, I, I think smartly they kind of leave out um, anything having to do with Native Americans here. Um, uh, you know, and just our focus on like the evil rancher sheriff kind of storyline from the mm-hmm. westerns but um I, I i again really enjoyed how they dialed everything up in this um like every every shot in this or every like gunshot in this movie is like a one-shot kill like someone gets shot and then they roll over and and like gasp and cringe and then they die like, <laughs> like that's very old school um and and i really like that um just the the ridiculous crack shots that they all are um, you know, one, one of my honorable mentions was when they um, do that that scheme to get the money back, and Scott Glenn is pretending that he's you know being shot at, um, and Danny Glover is like pinging away from behind him to make it look real, and he he actually flashes a dirty look up at Danny Glover because he's actually getting too close. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that was great. That, that was a that was a funny funny shot. Uh, yeah, just how ridiculous these, these guys are with, with the guns. Um, you know, just. Again, all the evil rancher, the, the evil sheriff, uh, all the, the, the saloons, the, the uh, you know, the, the duels. Um, the, the, it's all just big callbacks to other things, and it's all a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this, this is, um, you know, we, I, I mentioned Unforgiven. Um, I couldn't help but think about Unforgiven and actually Blazing Saddles as I was watching this. Because um, I think those, I think these three movies take like the western to the kind of their extremes, um, where uh, Blazing Saddles like completely is just a deconstruction of the western, and, and is obviously a comedy. Um, and then you have Unforgiven, which is just about how how violent, uh, you know, like the West actually is. It's kind of the anti-western. Um, and this just takes it like, like all all the stuff that we've kind of romanticized about the West and, and gets romanticized in westerns, and and again puts them to extremes, um, but kind of strips out a lot of the, the kind of shittier stuff that that goes along with it, um, and yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's that's my number one. This is a a a, a really fun um, kind of trope filled uh, look at at previous westerns all right uh any other audible mentions for you guys there was a really awesome shot of brian dennehy with the house on fire behind him yeah i was thinking about that. yeah yeah that was, that was really pretty cool. awesome almost made my list that was such a freaking cool shot and and uh, very telling of his character it was awesome <laughs> i did i did laugh just seeing uh goldblum like run back and forth through the town <laughs> for like for like five minutes yeah like, like 
That, that was him like acting like he was looking for somebody. <laughs> All right. I don't know why I thought that was funny. Speaking of Goldblum, do they ever give any reason why uh, Danny Glover's sister would have trusted him? Um, because he he was new to town. That's the only reason. He was new to town, and she'd been dealing with him, and he was probably he'd probably been good to her so far. Yeah. Um. So he so when she hit upon that idea. Okay. And then did Goldblum ever give any idea like why he was even siding with Dennehy to begin with just because he was letting him play? I, like, I think there must have been like some kind of kickback on there. Or, like okay. Dennehy was like why you're here if you like something comes up like I'll make it worth your while or like whatever. I don't... Yeah but yeah they never really explicitly like explain why all of a sudden Goldblum was on team Cobb. Yeah. 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 That's kind of weird. But yeah the Derringer too. Mm-hmm. It's it's, yeah. it's the Derringer's weak, powerful, powerful. weak. Alex, can you get shot by a Derringer and survive? Yeah, probably. Okay, those were highly inaccurate. So, <laughs> yeah, but it, okay, it was, if if you got hit with one, yeah, yeah, you'd probably bleed out just like Tannen did with Doc Brown. <laughs> Wait, did Tannen actually die in Back to the Future Three? I don't think he died. No, no. but he he killed in a in one version, one possible future, quote unquote, in in Back to the Future Three. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, that's when he shot him in the back. I hate manure. Tannen, you're early. All right. Well, let's rate it uh, as usual. We rate on a scale of one to seven. Seven being perfection, one being absolute garbage. I will go ahead and go first, and I will give this movie a solid five. Uh, Westerns, as much as I enjoy this, and other ones are still not my thing, but I I like this movie. I'd see it again, but I wouldn't go out of my way to see it again. That's how I see this movie. So, a five for me. Alex. this This is a high five for me. Almost a six, but it's a five for now. Maybe on a different day. But, yeah, there's just... Every, all the pieces are there. It's great writing, great actors, great story. It, it's just something that just didn't quite click about it to make it a six for me. Okay. But other than that, I mean, yeah, it's it's a solid film. It's going to be in my rotation from now on. But yeah, five. All right. And Scott. Uh, again, I, the, the reason I'm conflicted from five or six is just because... I don't know if that, that this would fall in with my other sixes necessarily um, on the same level, but like I really enjoyed watching this again. Um, it, it was just a lot of fun, you know, especially with everything going on. Um, you know, this this kind of like o- almost like heightened reality with, with what they're doing in this movie with like all the, the gunfights and things like that. Um, and, and again, it, it made me laugh. I. I as, as you guys pointed out, the, the casting is great. Um, and yeah, I just, like, it was like two two hours and 15 minutes or something like that. And it, and it never felt like it was dragging on for me. Um, so all, all that said, I will, I will give it a six. Six, all right. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. Okay. You know what? Maybe it was, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it was the music. Because it, none, oh yeah, none yeah, none, really yeah, none of us really me. mentioned it, but yeah, the 
I, I didn't even see who did the score, but yeah, the score was fun. And that even that was like a callback to like other westerns. Like it kind of had that sound to it. Like maybe something yeah. from the Magnificent Seven or something like that. But wait, Alex is saying it didn't stand out, right? Yeah, I, not, I agree not with for Alex. Me. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but it didn't stand out. It wasn't good and the bad and the ugly. Or Yeah. <laughs> Bruce yeah. Broughton is the music. It did, you know what it was funny? The, the soundtrack actually reminded me a lot of, of the Prince of Thieves soundtrack. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sans the Brian Adams song, anyway. All right, well, this guy, Bruce Broughton, he did Lost in Space... Jag, that TV Jag show, <laughs> Monster Squad. So Wolfman's oh, got. Oh yeah, no, that's where it is. That's from. <laughs> Wolfman's got Nards. Uh, mm-hmm. House Arrest. Hmm. Capital Critters. <laughs> Capital Critters. Tiny Toon Adventures. So I married an axe murderer. So we've heard his stuff, but it's nothing. I mean, if it did music, I mean, Tiny Tunes is really good. Tiny, Tuny, we're all in there. Yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot to mention my honorable mention. Uh, so, this was a, I think this is Richard Jenkins' first movie. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, guys look him up, but he's been in a ton of things. But more importantly, uh, I don't know if you guys recognized him, but I did. Uh do you guys recognize Wilson from Home Improvement? <laughs> I don't know what Wilson looks like. Oh, so Richard, no. R- Richard Carn himself was in this movie? <laughs> Earl Earl Hinman, Heinman. I did not recognize him. He was the brother that gets shot when the kid gets kidnapped. Heidi Ho, neighbor. Oh, okay. Which is funny because I think at one point he has like a mask on over his face. So. <laughs> you just so see his like eyes. Like gag, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. As I yawn. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's time for our crossover list, which is top gunfights in movies and TV shows and video games, I guess. So uh, I made two lists just in case, but was this strictly Western gunfights or any gunfights? I have. My mine runs along more the lines of any, although Same it's mostly here. Westerns. Mine is any, but I, I weighted it towards Westerns, but they're any. All right. Well, I'll do my Western list. I think that one's better. <laughs> okay. And um, I I left all for me. I was I left all video games out because ninety percent of the video games are just gunfights to begin with. So <laughs> oh, not the gonna, ones I chose. Was it going to put mm-hmm. Call of Duty on here or Halo or whatever? F first person shooters, all gunfights. So I did not put any guns on here. But what I did put, surprisingly not, is a star is Star Wars, and there's so many. But I will go with the original Star Wars and the gunfight in the the t- detention center when they rescue Princess Leia. I always love that, mainly because <laughs> um, just the, the the dialogue that goes on with her just being rescued, and you find out ah she's just not a normal princess. She's she she's giving Han and Luke crap as they're saving her, and then with Han later on chasing. A battalion of stormtroopers. What the fuck's going on? And then the stormtroopers realizing that why are we running from this asshole? And then also oh, turn. Oh shit! So anyway, the gunfight from almost any Star Wars movie, but specifically A New Hope, is my number five. Alex, my number five is from Red Dead Redemption Two, a video game and also a western. There you go. Uh, 
let's say Rockstar, the developers, let's face it, from GTA to this, their their gun mechanics don't feel great. Their their shooting combat is not the best. However, whenever you do the the quick draw, easy there, Stephen the, 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 the slow motion, that's right, is awesome. Not only because you you can take your time to do you know to aim properly and stuff, but you can unload a six or seven shooter right into a dude's crotch, and it's it's hilarious every time. You know, that'll kill him. That'll kill him dead. Not cool, man. Not cool. I think that's the last Xbox game I bought, and I just I never. I never played enough to really get into it. That's one of those games where you just have to dedicate time to, and I just never got around mm-hmm. to doing that. That one is go- it's gorgeous. Just running around with your horse and just going hunting. You can get lost in like that sandbox area. It's fantastic. But yeah, nice. All right, Scott, number five. Uh, number five is I think this is my only non-Western on here. Well, one of them is kind of Western. But anyway. Uh, Speaking of Costner, uh, the the shootout in uh, the train station at the end of the Untouchables uh, huh. is is like an all timer. It's it's obviously a um, an homage to the Battleship Potemkin, um, and I and I don't think I think De Palma gets a lot of shit for like riffing on other people's stuff, but um, I feel like the statue. Ran out on that one. <laughs> By the time he, he made uh, the Untouchables, but um, it's, it's a great scene. Uh, just uh, again, Neo Morricone's uh, score to to like help set the mood. Uh, it's incredibly tense, and and most of the the action takes place in slow motion, um, and just the 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 violence of it all is, is very stark. And then this kind of empty train station. Um, and it, it all ends with uh, uh, you know, Andy Garcia has the gun trained on him, and uh, Kevin Costner says, "Take him," and he just shoots him in the head. Like, and it's all kind of not necessarily shocking, but um, it's it's a cool to demonstrate like where uh, Costner's character has come from beginning to the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, the Untouchables, the shootout in that. The like, Chicago uh, way. That's the Chicago way. We haven't done that movie on this podcast. Put that one on your list, Scott. I'm pretty sure yeah. we did The Untouchables. Nope, I don't think we saw it. You're thinking of The Rock. Yeah, I've never seen The Untouchables. <laughs> well, I've never seen The Rock, so... <laughs> Liar. That's not true. We haven't even done a single James Bond movie. What? I thought we did. I don't think oh, so. shit. Well, I'll put some on my list. I'll, I'll put some on <laughs> Yeah, there you go. No, you. No, I already have. I have double O. I have the Sheen Bean one on my list. You guys haven't picked that Golden one. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah. Nice. Oh, All right. Talking video games. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, my number four is another non-western, but just an awesome gunfight, and that is from the movie Heat. So the mm-hmm. the bank scene in L.A. where Val Kilmer and uh, De Niro and What's his face that was banging the hookers and they're all escaping LA and then Al Pacino and the guy who dresses like a woman and he 
puts him in a cave, and then the last of the Mohicans guy, they're all there, and they have a big old gunfight. <laughs> it's like the Avengers, just the cross, like all these movies like come together. <laughs> it is. It's Buffalo Bill and everyone there. Uh, it's a great shootout. It's just the sound. Uh, the history of that, they talk about in the trivia of how they... That's just the raw sound. They kept trying to put other shit over it, and then Michael Mann's like, "No, it nothing sounds as good as the real sound that we got from shooting in downtown LA." So, um, yeah, awesome. Not a western, totally not what we just saw. But I just, I when I think of gunfights, that's what I think of. So, Heat is cool. my number four. Yeah. Alex, my number four is from another video game. <laughs> you guys might have played <laughs> Sunset Riders. Yeah, I was gonna say that when I was talking about all my games i didn't want to mention but yeah <laughs> such an awesome western game it's a four-player coin up arcade game it's fantastic but the the shootout with the first boss is awesome not only is it is it pretty well designed for as a first boss goes you know it's pretty easy but you can get easily you know wrecked and lose all your quarters if you're not careful but the best part of that is <laughs> and everybody knows this line as soon as you kill the first boss who's a greedy pig he goes, bury me with my money. And this came out back in the day when video games like, didn't really speak yeah. in like coherent voices and everything. So having the sound bite was like, blew my mind. It was awesome. Bury me with my money. Yeah. Sunset Riders has got to be the greatest coin, uh, four player coin op game. No, it's better than Turtles. It's better than X Men. It's better than Simpsons. It's up there. <sighs> I don't. I don't know about. Better than Simpsons. But... Yeah, it is. Sorry, Scott. Hot take. Damn. <laughs> it might be a hot take. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Sun- Sun- Sunset Riders over recent uh, uh, last couple years has, has suffered a little bit uh, from from some of its depictions. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, I don't know Still what those depictions game. are, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because you didn't get to those bosses because yeah, were way too hard. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, basically, I only remembered the first boss, and then maybe getting past the stampede, and then that was it. And then be out of quarters. You didn't play where uh, you're on the chandeliers, or the dudes were throwing bombs from the chandeliers inside yeah, the saloon. I, I I didn't get to the the side part. Hmm. Wait, are you saying there was wait, wait, what which game has the, the social stuff wrong? Sunset, Sunset Riders? Riders. Oh, okay. That makes more sense than the Simpsons. I thought about the Simpsons. Oh, like, the really? No. Okay. Yeah, I can see what so I haven't got that far in Sunset Riders, but I can see where they could possibly go in that game. <laughs> <Yes>. And yeah. <laughs> but whatever. It was the most fun. And it was later too. It was one of the last of those games, if I remember correctly. Like uh, Turtles and X Men have definitely come out before that, and I want to say Simpsons too. Yeah, but. Turtle. Yeah, I think like Turtles in Time, and some other ones came out after that were really good. Yeah, really? Turtles in Time was awesome. The original Turtles was awesome. Mm-hmm. My toe, my toe. Pizza time. Pizza, Pizza time. time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that was Alex. So Scott, number three. That was my four? number four. All right, so Scott, number four. Okay, uh, so another more modern Western, uh, Tom Selleck. Um, Quigley. Yes. <laughs> Quigley oh, wow. Under. I was joking. And, and uh, Quigley Down Under um, with Laura, CJ, Laura Sangiacomo. That's uh-huh. very Western. It's hard to get, hard to get out. 
Uh, but yes, it has uh, the great Alan Rickman as the villain here. Um, basically, <laughs> basically channeling Hans Gruber here, not going to lie. Um, but I have no problems with that. Uh, he, has, he has a couple great Alan Rickman lines in this movie. But at any rate, um, you know, uh, huge spoilers for this if, if anybody's any interest at all. Uh, so there, there's a final uh, showdown um, between the, the titular Quigley, uh, played by, by Tom Selleck. You, don't you mean Mr. Down Under? Mr. Down Under, <laughs> yes. Sorry, Mr. Down Under. Uh-huh. Um, with Alan Rickman's character and two of his henchmen, where... Uh, so the, the whole idea is that Quigley um, is this amazing uh, rifleman that they've hired to come like down, and they find the uh, Quigley finds out that they actually hired him to to kill Aborigines, and he has no he wants no part of it. And then he sides with the Aborigines, and eventually they, they catch up to him. They take away his rifle, and they make him they give him a pistol to, to have like an old school shootout because Alan Rickman's character is like kind of obsessed with that stuff, and it turns out that Quigley is like like an unbelievably fast draw and he kills all three of them. Um, and they're all surprised. And the, the whole like, uh, big twist is that like one point early in the movie, he says they never found much use for a pistol and they all just assume that he couldn't use one. And then that's the end of the movie basically. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I warned. <laughs> I warned. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Watch out behind you. <laughs> okay, my number three is from a little-known movie. Uh, we've, we've talked about it a couple times in this movie, and there's a shootout on this <laughs> island of Valverde. And this would be... <laughs> John Matrix trying to save his Jenny, his daughter, Jenny, and shooting everybody that lives and moves on that island with rocket launchers, machine guns, knives, saw blades, axes... Grenades... Uh, Grenades, whatever uh, else. Steam shotguns? Shock, steam shotguns. <laughs> yeah, and pipes. I forgot steam pipes. And a fucking deagle. <laughs> and a fucking deagle. I said pistol, yeah. but okay. It could be a deagle as well. Uh, come on, I can't not have a, uh, Arnold uh, in here on my command and uh, my gunfights. And uh, Commando's the best one. So there it qu- is. Qu- question. I think I bring this up every time we, we get into um, the, the deep talk, the deep commando talks. There's... <laughs> There's at one point where he's on like the terrace, he's about to go into the house, and you hear random shooting in the background, like nowhere near where he is. <laughs> yeah. Like, where are they shooting at? The, his decoys. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or oh, everybody's so panicked that they're just panic firing. Yeah. They're like, oh <laughs> shit! Hey, he's over there. They're they're shooting at Sven Olthorsen. He's doubling as Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. running through Valverde. <laughs> Teamed up. Spin-off movie. So, but yes, Commando, John Matrix, Valverde. All right, Alex, number three. Unforgiven. The last, I, I don't, I've only seen that movie once, and I don't remember much of it, but I remember that, uh, the fight at the end, when he got all drunk, and that was like, glad he's with superpower. So I'm better when I'm drunk. <laughs> Hey, just cheeky yeah. bastard. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so Gene Hackman gets his comeuppance. Mr. Luthor. Mm-hmm. I've only seen that movie once too, and I don't remember it at all. So, no comment from me. Yeah, that's funny. Good fight. Yep. All right, Scott, number three. 
Uh, number three is sort of a western, uh, but Desperado. The uh, early on in the movie when he when he goes into the the bar, the, that's because we pissing it. Uh, says Cheech Marin, um, and they he comes with the guitar case and they all freak out because um, guys going around with the guitar case killing people. Um, but he opens up and they see it's just a guitar, and everybody relaxes. But whatever mechanism in it, you know, for for movie purposes, <laughs> it doesn't work. And the, the top of the guitar opens up because it's a fake, and it's full of guns. And <laughs> and then uh, Antonio Banderas goes full Antonio Banderas. And it sounds like he was full on Jack Balance right there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just put, puts his fingers up and is like da 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 da, try to stop them. And then just huge gunfight um, in the middle of this bar, and it's. It's a lot of fun, and, like, there's wire work here where dudes are, like, flying out the window. Uh, and then at the end, they, they have that little trope where the guns are out of ammo, so they keep picking up to shoot at each other. Um, and they do this a couple times with just him and the last guy. Um, and Antonio Banderas does the thing again with his finger. <laughs> and he finally just grabs the dude by, by his neck and, and snaps his neck um, <laughs> and goes, Fuck ya! Um, but the best part of that whole scene is when he flicks the guns to make the bullets come out harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah plus one to penetration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's probably the, the best thing, the best scene Antonio Banderas has ever been in. Just toss it out there. All right. Well, you just reminded me to add Once Upon a Time in Mexico to my list. So get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Get ready for El Mariachi. I've seen yeah. that one, Jeff. I hope you have four hours. It's not that long. It's it's over three. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. It's got was it Rucker How? Not was it Rucker Hauer or? That's not Rucker Hauer. What are you talking? You're thinking you talking of Blind about? Fury. No, I get <laughs> Rucker Hauer and uh, who was the wrestler? Mickey Rourke. Uh, I get Mickey Rourke mixed. Yeah. Oh oh! Once upon a time in Mexico. That's the. Okay, yes, 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 sorry, sorry. It's the exact same character, Scott. No, no, you're right, you're right. Sorry, sorry. Because I, I, we were talking about Westerns, I thought you were talking about Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, I won't add that to the list. That's another good one, too, but it, that is long. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is really good, but that is really long. Okay, yeah. But no, I will argue that Once Upon a Time in Mexico is probably going to be a long watch, too. It'll feel long. Yeah. It's actually a guilty pleasure, man. I don't mind it. All right, um, on to my number two. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, now I get into my westerns. I've topped them, and my dad will probably kill me for not having this as number one. But it's good, <laughs> the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and I have a couple scenes from this, but so I'm going to name them all. One, the very beginning, the intro, the introduction to um, Ugly, when he's all of a sudden these you see all these guys cowboys go into a room, and he just hear a bunch of gunshots, and he pops out with the chicken in his hand it's badass <laughs> um all the scene, of the chickens <laughs> the scene toward the end when clint eastwood is you know he's kind of he's been teaming up with uh the bad <laughs> and then he knows he has to go do it and just goes down the street and just picking people off from rooftops and behind barrels the whole way that's badass but then the very end the, the three te- the three man shootout between the, the good the, the bad. mexican standoff mm-hmm. yeah the good the bad the ugly and uh course Tuco doesn't even have any bullets in his gun but anyway 
Awesome, awesome. Good, bad, the ugly. There's a lot in that movie, but uh, it's good. And you want music? That's got music. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then it got it got co-opted for the Rally Monkey. <laughs> did it? Really? It did. Yeah. Everything's awesome. gotten co-opted for <laughs> the Rally Monkey. Goddamn so. Rally Monkey. That scene. It's it's so good. Uh, but yeah, that, that that scene is amazing. And then they'll. I mean, it's not. It's past the gun shooting, but when he when he hangs Tuco from the tree with his feet on the tombstone, whatever the cross. <laughs> and he's just that music dumped it. You just see him riding away. Blondie, you bastard! Wow, wow, wow! Oh, so good. So, wait, I'm I always get confused by that part. Is did did he have no bullets or just the one bullet? Two. Co- I'm assuming he had no bullets. So that's why Cleese would just knew that all he had to do was take care of. Uh, I thought I thought Cleef. they I thought they both shoot him. Yeah, well, Tuco goes to shoot him also, but he does he he doesn't fire anything. Yeah, because he doesn't he's not sure. Clint was not sure. Blondie's not sure. So he he just knows he has to take care of Van Cleef, and no matter who Tuco chooses, he's safe because he'll get Van Cleef. Yeah, okay. that's how I've always understood it. We have to watch it again. Which I can't remember anyone's name. I know it's Tuco and, well, Blunt, the man has no name, obviously. Yeah. And I don't know what Van Cleef's Angel name. Eyes. An- yeah, Angel Eyes. There you go. Um, so. All right, Good Bad Ugly is my number two. Scott. Number two is also. Sorry, sorry, Alex. It was Alex. Damn also, it. Good Bad Ugly. Oh, <laughs> the okay. Mexican standoff. All right. Awesome. So now did, it's custard. Okay. Did, does anyone have like fistful of dollars or a few dollars more with a little clock in the middle? Uh, shout, shout out to occasional guest Matt, Fistful of Titties. But anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, the, um, yeah, the, the, one, the one in uh, Fistful of Dollars is pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the, the one at the end of The Good, Bad, and the Ugly uh, is, is the best one. The standoff. Yep. Yeah. Um, Agreed. The, there's always the, if we're going to shoot, shoot, don't talk about it. That's true. Scene. That's not really Too. a shootout, really, but still, Tuco at his best. All right. Uh, what's what, number two, or is that your number two as well? That's also my number two. All right. On to my number one, and I have to go with Tombstone. My dad is upset with me right now that I chose Tombstone over <laughs> Good Guy and the Ugly, but this is my western. If I had a western to choose, it would definitely be this. Um, if I had to you're choose... Mean, you're choosing a movie that can't even get rain right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, shit gets the mustaches right, though. It does. Oh, hell yeah. If I had to choose a gunfight, a gunfight, I don't know why I'm talking like that. Um, Dropping the seven? I'm not I don't know what it would be. It would, it, it, I, I'm going to choose uh, with, with, with Michael Bean and Val Kilmer. It's got to be... Doc Holiday v. Ringo. There he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I choose that over OK Corral or even Wyatt walking on water. But no. Yeah. Uh, no. With Val Kimmer being so sickly and helping out his buddy and all that stuff. Because he knew he didn't have a chance against Ringo. So that is my number one. I'm your Huckleberry. Val Kilmer. Doc Holiday. Shoot Johnny Ringo. Piss on you, Jeff. <laughs> that's my that's my number one too. Ah, it's <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, more for, for me, more because of the character buildup. Because you know, Ringo's a really you know 
unhinged, but a really good gunfighter, you know, by the way everybody talks about him. Hey, Alex, and, you know uh, what? Your Spanish is worse than your English. You know, French. <laughs> I don't know. Sick horse or something. <laughs> and they build up Doc Holliday. Also, you know, equally menacing and intimidating, but he's got the, uh, the uh, fucking the tuberculosis thing. He's got the, the consumption going. <laughs> the consumption. Uh, but you know he's also a badass, and you see more of Val Kilmer being a badass than Johnny Ringo. But it's like they build up those two characters so well, yeah. culminating oh, like climaxing a, at that fight. He's an That's educated awesome. man. Now yeah. I really hate him. I really hate him. Yeah, just <laughs> it seems good. Nice. All right, Scott, number one. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just when you, when you think it's going to be because they, they have that whole conversation about. Uh, Wyatt talks to, to Doc and says, "I can't beat him, can I?" And 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 uh, Doc basically says, "No, you can't." Um, and then so they, they, you know, cheap camera trick. They make it look like it's it's gonna be uh, Wyatt uh, that, that meets up with him, and then out of the mist steps Doc Holliday, and yeah, uh, like a ghost. Yeah, and awesome. he says, "Well, didn't think I had it in you." And then uh, Val Kilmer, like I, I mean, goes without saying his best performance uh, in any movie. But the uh, John and Ringo it looked like somebody just walked over your grave. Uh, <laughs> and then you know Ringo's scared at first, but he's also crazy, so he he, he goes full Michael being crazy eyes. <laughs> All right, Ringo, let's we'll do, just it. do that. Let's do it. <laughs> and then yeah, I, I I do just just for my gunfight. Gunfoy, Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. Uh, gunfoy, 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 boys. Uh, from a gunfight standpoint, uh, you know, the, we talked about the the, the final uh, duel at the end of Silverado, which is you know wildly inaccurate. Like shooting, trying to shoot that fast from the hip, um, it's just not how it worked. How it works, how it would have worked. This, they're they're basically like a couple of feet away from each other. Which is how it would have gone down. Um, so I, I really uh, like that they at least kept that much of it relatively accurate um, as, as far as how he, an actual one of those gunfights would have worked. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing is just badass. God, he's like, he hasn't even fallen to the ground yet. He's like, oh yeah. Oh, God, so good. Like, Come on. Come on, Ain't Johnny. No daisy. Ain't no daisy at all. Come on, Johnny. So good. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like I guess we have the same top two across the board. It doesn't happen very often. All right. Any honorable mentions? I had none. I have, I have a, a couple. Uh, Hot Fuzz. The basically the oh, whole yeah. final act. At least when I get to town. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. I mean, technically, it starts when he drops kicks an old lady, uh, <laughs> which is one of the all-time scenes. But uh, just just when they're going like full trope, you know, he's got. The, sunglasses and then you know he passes the gun to to Danny and they, they're like hide behind the car oh it's so good I love Hot Fuzz um, the other was it was a John Wayne uh, movie that uh, El Dorado um, one with uh, Jimmy Kahn and Robert Mitchum um, I've seen that one I don't remember it though that, that one's really good um, again spoilers here but um, the it's really cool the so the, the main villain is actually Ed Asner um of Mary Tyler Moore fame, uh, but he mm-hmm. but he hires this this uh, famous gun hand named McLeod, 
but the McLeod character is actually... McLeod. Uh, it is. It's kind of weird that they set this up for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this, this gunfighter that actually has this, like, code. So, like, he's a bad guy, but he's not really a bad guy. <laughs> but anyways, they in the, the final shootout, like, um, basically... It's it's funny, John Wayne, like, the ultimate, like, man's man, whatever. Like, he takes the cheap way out and basically, like, pulls out a hidden rifle and shoots McLeod down before he can draw. Um, and basically tells McLeod, like, yeah, you were just too fast. <laughs> like, I couldn't have beaten you. Um, I don't know if he actually meant that, but that's what he tells him anyway. Uh, so that, that always stuck with me, that, that John Wayne kind of pushed out this movie. <laughs> Is Elder Auto the movie where the guy was limping on the wrong leg the whole time? And then at the yes, end of the movie? yes, and they, and they yeah. call it out like in the yeah. There's also a uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's level <laughs> scene with James Caan that uh, we won't go into here. That that actually gets cut from from a lot of broadcasts now, and and perhaps rightfully so. Uh, well, now all John Wayne movies are going to be cut, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, it always sucks having to separate the art from the artist. It's, uh, it's easy for me to say because I grew up on these movies, and there, there's some good shit in there if you can set aside his, his shitty ass politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Before, uh, so, speaking of John Wayne, if people don't know it, the Orange County Airport that's right by us is called John Wayne Airport, and they're thinking about changing it. But that's not what I'm talking about. Silverado, we have a Silverado Canyon near us. How many other Silverados are there in the world? Yeah. Probably a lot. <laughs> Uh, actually, I won't say anything. But yes, there, there's a place of business <laughs> nearby uh, uh, my office that is a Silverado. Oh, yeah. That's right. Was it a strip club or something? It is not a strip club. Yeah, no. Far from it. it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the... Anyway, anyway. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, I have to look this up now. All right. Silverado near Scott. Uh huh. Anyway, um, (laughs) so anyways, again, yeah, the John Wayne politics, but maybe maybe if we do one of these John Wayne movies, we can do our our top five John Wayne movies, and then again, we'll we'll preface. I'll at least be prefacing and ending with the movies with you know just the yes, I realize it's some shitty stuff, um, but they but they also made to play Genghis Khan, which is fucking hilarious. Hardly racist, but also hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, just like John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. No, you know what? I don't know this about, about, about Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan, however you want to pronounce it, uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they just refuse to, like, try to, well, I don't know, maybe, at least in at least when Hollywood does it anyway. Uh, they, they just refuse to get anybody that looks even remotely, <laughs> like, like what Mongolian? Yeah. There's this, and then there was the guy that was the. The I, I know I talked with, talked about the, the the trailer for this movie that never came out. Um, it, it's the bad guy from Three O'clock High, <laughs> is playing Genghis oh. Khan, and it has Pat yeah. Morita as the Chinese emperor. It's got all kinds of crazy shit in it. Mm-hmm. The best part is it's got, uh, um, it's got Chuck Heston. Also playing um, a Mongol. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's. it's the so, trailer's fucking insane. Yeah. 
I <laughs> at one point in this trailer uh, for this Genghis Khan movie, it's got um, Chuck Heston in in like jeez. It's almost blackface, like this, like horrible tan that they put on him. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's so bad. Um, but he he holds up this dagger, and there's this close up on him, and he says, "I dub thee the Christian Khan." So I have no idea what the fuck is going on in this movie, <laughs> but it is it's amazing. Uh, sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. on this tangent, we went from John Wayne to Genghis Khan, but that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm going to light it up. So, you know Silverado Canyon. Have you heard the stories there? Or like Black Star Canyon, which I believe is near there. You know all these stories over there? No. I've always heard... I've always heard... Whew, there's been like Native American massacres there. Yeesh. Ku Klux really? Klan meetings there. Uh, well, I... Rape, t- I oh, so witch well, covens, rape, rapes, burnings. <sighs> I should really yeah, I've never heard... I, so... Definitely not surprised about the KKK, but <laughs> the other two things, yeah, I, I know less. Like, yeah, I, I, I never heard anything about that. Yeah, most of my stuff I've just heard is rumors. I have to read. I actually have to find some articles out. But I've always heard these stories about that area, and that there's been some nasty stuff in that in these neck of the woods, which is not too far from where we all live. It's like, I think Alex might be the closest. Watch out, Alex. I know. <laughs> I'm staying indoors, thank you. <laughs> I don't care if you're wearing a mask or not. You're in trouble if you go out in those woods. <laughs> yeah, city. Just don't. All right. Um, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, uh, pretty topical that we're talking about this particular news story, but uh, Washington football team finally changing their racist name. Yes. Hmm. I uh, don't know what it's going to be yet. It's, Maybe it's, it's just going to add so, DC. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. So the yeah the Redskins DC Redskins. I, I gotta get yeah. I gotta get rid of it. The I think it was like the second or third down because I, I I was seeing this on a, a Reddit post and there was a picture of Danny DeVito and it, it was the Magnum Dongs. <laughs> I want that. That I, I do name. too. I don't see how anybody would be offended by that. Yeah. Be the Magnum Dongs. <laughs> the Magnum Dongs. But the funny thing is, is Magnum Dongs would be so much more appropriate somehow mm-hmm. than the Redskins. I don't know. Did, did have either of you ever seen the the South Park episode uh, about the Redskins? No. Uh, okay. Maybe. Ba- basically, not. they the the copyright is up, and somehow Cartman gets it, and so <laughs> they he calls like they him and the other kids are making this like fake company. Um, and they call themselves like Redskin, whatever. And so the the rest of the episode devolves into the Redskins like like complaining that 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 Carbon has stolen their heritage and like, <laughs> like, like yeah they they basically actually make like all the same arguments that that the like the Native American community has, has been making for some time, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's really funny. But um, yeah. Yeah, it, it only took a, a pandemic and, and rioting. <laughs> riots and, riots yeah. across the country. Yeah, um, for fucking somebody to do something. I, you know, again, I, I, I'm i still blown away by this, but it, I got to look at NASCAR as like, <laughs> the Redskins, like Dan Snyder was like, 
well, fuck it. If if NASCARs get on board, <laughs> yeah, like we we've got to do something. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> nice. Uh, another thing to go with this is uh, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he decided to do a little social experiment. Experiment, and uh, he was a black. He was a black man, and he bought the shirt that is kind of designed, kind of like the Washington team shirt. Except that it has a silhouette picture, a profile picture of a Caucasian man. And it says Caucasians at the bottom. But other than that, it's red, gold, you know, the design is almost exactly the same. And there's nothing offensive about either the picture, the drawing, or the word Caucasians. And, of course, humanity (laughs) didn't, uh, uh, was horrible. They're they're spitting all sorts of hate at him. Now he was that was pretty offensive. That that was even racist at some points. That he was wearing that shirt. Uh, so yeah, it goes to show you that if you show people, hey, look, this is how other people feel when they see you know redskins and their heritage being taken by white people. Uh, it's it sucks there, there all was, around. I'm glad it's changing. There, there was I, I I vaguely remember a Mad TV skit like way back and like early early 90s where they, they talked about this about how they were going to rename all these offensive things to like <laughs> like the like Nebraska rednecks or the, <laughs> or the like, <laughs> like just basically uh-huh. like derogatory terms where it's just white people that yeah anyways it was yeah the, the, the point is is that this is the shit's been an issue forever yep. uh, yeah you know but you to, to your point Alex um, about that guy in the t-shirt um there, there's a great uh, subreddit for that called Self-Aware Wolves, where, yeah. where people like complain <laughs> about shit all the time, and then it's just like, they almost get it. Like, <laughs> like, like, like again, like that South Park episode where they're complaining about their heritage being taken away, where it's like, you almost <laughs> see what the problem is, don't you? Like, you're like <laughs> almost right there. there. You're like so close to seeing like why this is actually a, an issue. Like... But, uh, yeah, that, that that is funny. Well, I mean, it's tragic that the guy was taking so much shit, but... Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, it's changing. That's the positive. So let's hope it's a good change. Let's, let's keep the positivity going. We need it. I, I am I'm curious to, to be like, is, is anybody, like, really that upset about it? Like, yes. Let, no, I'm sorry, let me, let me phrase that. Like, like, <laughs> okay. like, what, what their, like, what their argument is. Like, what, like... If you if you ask them, like if you're able to like get this and, and say like like I just say like I just want to know like I'm not gonna be mad like I'm not like I don't care about this at all I just want to know what you think and they just like what what their answer would be if they stopped and thought about it for a minute right like because because yeah. it's not like their history is being erased like they can't make that argument <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they would. <laughs> Yeah. This is our heritage. Yeah. <laughs> History's uh, being erased. Yeah, it's always so, been that name. So yeah, I don't, yeah, don't want to get too talk about this too much. And then yeah, I guess I guess there's that whole stupid cancel culture thing that's getting tossed around now. But it, but uh, in anyway, yeah, this is I, Alex. I appreciate that you're actually bringing us real news. By the way, yeah, there it is. <laughs> sports, sports. Uh, I'm going to piggyback on the sports section um, because we're talking about sports. Uh, baseball. Uh, so that that starts up again this Thursday as of the recording of this podcast. Um, 
the the a sixty game MLB season will begin. Um, the uh, they they I was already I'm already sick of hearing about how the the commentators saying, "Oh, it's a sprint, not a marathon." Um, but yeah, it was interesting. They were <laughs> they were piping in crowd noise for the uh, I guess they they were calling it summer summer league. Whatever, it was just an exhibition game that was on today with the Angels. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I'm just I'm glad to see baseball back. Um, glad to see these sports back. Uh, I mean, hopefully nothing bad comes to this. Like, I'm still skeptical. There's just too many people involved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at least I just got to hope that they're just being smart about it. Like, the athletes themselves, they're... they're like in probably the lowest risk group of people that can contract it, but that doesn't mean they can't spread it to other people, you know. But you know, but again, you never know. Like some of these people, like one of these dudes, might be immunocompromised and you just wouldn't know it. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully, yeah, they they're able to keep it all under control, and, um, and nothing bad happens in the end. Um, and under the under the auspices of that, I am happy to see baseball back. I was too for like the first four innings, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> baseball's back." <laughs> uh-huh. And I don't know how I feel about that piped-in noise. Uh, I I'm okay with it. I think I think it would just it would be weird to not have it. Well, yeah. weirder to not have it than it is to just pipe it in. Okay, I watched the one nothing game today where like. There was nothing to really cheer about, but like, I don't know how they're gonna like. Is there a guy on the keyboard up there? Like, ooh, the scoring chance, and they raise it. The, yeah, it they were higher. like at one point you could hear like the clapping, like dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, that that was funny. Yeah, the, I'm thinking of piping the like the the Bronx cheers and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would that would be funny. Um, I wonder if they're gonna pipe in booing. <laughs> when the Astros show up at other stadiums, <laughs> I hope sure. so. Oh, God, should. I hope so. That'd be awesome. Whoops! It's time <laughs> for Neem News. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple of reviews and a little bit of video game news. Um, so uh, there's a lot of uh, new streaming stuff going on um, available, I should say. Um, I have not watched most of it. Uh, my my viewing habits are suspect at best. <laughs> so so with that, I will say that I watched the entire season one of Warrior Nun. Um, pretty much most of my, my my streaming viewing is on my lunch breaks these days. Um, that's my mm-hmm. really only excuse. I just want something that I can just kind of turn away from um, if I need to. Uh, but yes, Warrior Nun, which is just a, a god awful title. For anything. Like, well, what's it about? Well, you see, there's a warrior nun. <laughs> um, I, uh-huh. I might have mentioned this the last time that we... I don't remember if I mentioned this last time, uh, but, uh, like, starting to watch it. But, um, yeah, I, I finished the first season. It's, 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 it's like one of Jeff's CW shows, like one of his stories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is on Netflix, though, so there's... They drop some f bombs every once in a while just to let you know that you're, you know, you're not watching network television. Uh, but other than that, it's pretty tame. Uh, there, there's some 
some super shitty CG. Uh, and it was definitely filmed on like the cheapest part of Europe. But I still mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, it was it was pulpy fantasy. Uh, the Nanny not necessarily the, the best writing, but it had enough going on that you know I I like I I couldn't help but think of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, the the TV show anyway. Uh, it kind of has that vibe to it, so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll give this a shot. And it wasn't like a full run, like twenty whatever episodes. It's like like most series these days. It's like that first season or, or seasons are only going to be like. 8, 10, 12 episodes. Um, so, yep, that, that's that is. If you're looking for some dumb action, uh, like fantasy action, uh, warrior nun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I did start um, is Cursed. Um, the pedigree for this is a little more interesting than the warrior nun. It's a Frank Miller. Like, I don't know how involved he is, but he's like, he's credited as like a producer. Hmm. Um, that said, I'm like a, I'm like about a couple episodes into this, um, and I can't really tell where his thumbprint is. Um, maybe I some of the, thumb. oh, well, <laughs> anyways, oh, wait, wait to shut me down, Alex. <laughs> uh, so this, this is the, a, another Arthurian retelling except this time they've they've taken it back a, a step further to talk about Nimue basically the lady of the lake um, mm. and uh, they, they they've started up uh, this this version of Britain is much more multicultural by the way <laughs> which is cool you know they, they just casted the people they wanted to cast they didn't necessarily care about uh, the, the color of anybody's skin um, but it, it's 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 weird it's like Simultaneously violent, but still feels very PG thirteen. Uh, so yeah, hmm. I, I don't know about this quite yet. But yeah, it's another fantasy thing. So you know, I'll give it a shot. Uh, so I'll probably report back after seeing another couple episodes in the next podcast. Um, and then finally, there was uh, everybody was at least um, Nintendo fans or just video game nerds in general were, were eagerly awaiting the next Nintendo Direct. Um, and they usually come up very suddenly when they do get dropped. Um, in this case, though, it was just the night before Nintendo did something they've never done before, which is they they said, "Okay, here's a mini Nintendo Direct that's just our third party partners," and the whole thing was eight minutes long, and it was basically five different games. Um, one of them was an update to their their Zelda rhythm game. Uh, one of them was a wrestling game that was like more arcade style, which actually looked kind of fun. Um, mm. It was basically like all basically any wrestler because they, they showed like Andre the Giant, um, but they all had like big heads. So, so they went for oh, more yeah. like car- that seems like more of an arcade arcadey style. Yeah, game. so they cool. went more for like arcade graphics than for like the realistic like stuff they've done in the past. But I, mean, I think it's like a whole different development crew probably for that. Yeah, um, there was that. There's some. Third-person shooter on the Switch. I forget what it's called now. It actually looks really good, but I just I don't have interest. Um, and then finally, um, they, they polished it off with um, an SMT3 Shin Megami Tensei uh, HD port for the Switch, which followed up with an actual trailer for Shin Megami Tensei 5 for the Switch, which got announced some time ago. 
Um, and both of those should be out next year. And uh, mm. so... Um, if you couldn't tell by the title, those games. are Japanese RPGs. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, very Japanese RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I know some people were excited for for the SMT stuff. Um, yeah, I'm 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 waiting for uh, like the actual Nintendo one to see what's next for them. Like some update on Metroid would be nice. Uh, although I'm not expecting that one to land anytime soon. You know, there's the the Breath of the Wild sequel expansion. I'm always a little confused on on like what the scope of that thing is. Yeah. Um, hmm. There's that. Um, who knows? Maybe there's already another Fire Emblem thing in the works. Uh, Gee, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But uh, there, I'm also looking forward to whenever Square Enix gets out their asses and decides to. <laughs> Finally, release all the SNES games, like not not just Final Fantasies and Chrono Trigger, but also uh, like all the e- old Enix stuff too. Would be would be rad. That's mm-hmm. you know, Seven Saga, Soul Blazer, yeah, Dragon uh, Warrior Five, yeah, old, old Dragon Warriors, um, mm-hmm. uh, Act Razor. Uh, oh, Act Razor is good. So that'd be cool if they they just like even if they're just like we're gonna do them one at a time, like just to know that they're coming. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly have my wish list of old SNES games to get ported to the Switch, which I'm not very optimistic about. I'm looking at you, Koei. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's uh, basically all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to go over? Uh, speaking of Nintendo. They got uh, Donkey Kong Country. Oh, that's right on the on the SNES app. Yep, and it's it holds up. <laughs> the game's awesome. Still, me and the boys have been playing it a little bit. And now you can rewind, so you can, <laughs> so you yeah. can actually beat it. <laughs> it's like, oh shit! What I beat it back sure. in the SNES days. Sure, you did. I did. Sure, you jerk. Wink, wink. <laughs> but yeah. If you have uh, the online subscription, check it out. It comes with a subscription, and it's awesome. You get a lot of classic games. There yeah. it is. It used to be that they would release stuff like once a month, and now it's just like, oh, here's the thing. <laughs> so I guess it's always kind of cool to just have it pop up. Yeah. Like like the, the gap between the releases is getting bigger, but uh, still. Uh, anything else? You want to go over, Alex? Nope, that's it. Right, uh, Jeff. I actually have something for you, uh, Jeff. As as you talk about whatever you wanted to talk about, I don't have much to talk about other than I saw a Netflix movie. I think it was Netflix called Palm Springs. Hulu. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's. Oh, I'm, I've been meaning. I want to watch it. I yeah. yeah. I I like Andy Samberg. I like Kristen Malati, so I should enjoy. Yep. No, yeah, we liked it as well. Um, I won't say anything about it because I might spoil stuff. So just enjoy it, watch it. It's 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 funny. It's it's it is what it is. Um, that's the only new movie I've seen in forever. <laughs> um, I do I do want to watch that new Charlie's Theron. Yes, uh, old, old guard. guard. Yeah, yeah. So that's I want to see that. Yeah, so I, I plan on watching it sometime soon. So you have that and Palm Springs, or when when I when I'm up. For watching, <laughs> yeah. So that's all I got. 
cool. Jeff, I, I linked you something uh, that I, I think I found your next uh, action figure. All right, let me look here. Yeah, Wampa. <laughs> so I, I in uh, getting ready for the podcast, I, I came across a. Uh, Damn, it looks a good story too. about a an action figure for the uh, for a Wampa. <laughs> um, I guess from the Black Series. Maybe you know more about that, Jeff. I have no idea um, with, with yeah. what that means, but. Um, yeah, there's expensive a Wampa. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Was that? Sorry, they're the expensive ones. Black Series are the new, like, they're the action figures, but they're the more detailed or highly figurable. Uh, not figurable. Um, posable and articulated. Higher, yeah, articulated. Yeah. There you go. And, like, the face sculpts are really good. And yeah. Pretty much all they make. It's for the adults because the kids don't actually buy action figures anymore. <laughs> So, so the the back of one of these boxes, um, I'm assuming the the Hoth, it's called the Hoth Wampa. The Wampa doesn't come with Luke or the Tauntaun, but it shows it shows the Wampa with uh-huh. one shot with Luke riding the Tauntaun, and another one where he's holding Luke up above his head. <laughs> it's so cool, and another one where Luke's hanging down from the ice skate with the Wampa standing in front of him. It's just right in the front of the box. Action figure and Tauntaun not included. Okay, sorry to miss that. Brought part. to you by Kenner. Yeah, it looks super cool. Such a dumb yeah. thing to own, but it looks cool. I had the original Kenner Tauntaun figure when I was a kid. And he, he he didn't even look like the real thing. He was just a big white blob. And I think his arms were like, you pull him back. And I think, if I remember correctly, he'd pull him back and they'd kind of smash forward or something. But this one looks way better. Do you remember the Tauntaun that uh, you would just be able to... The Tauntaun, you just put the figure... In his back, so like there was a hole in his back, so you could take your Luke <laughs> yes, or Han figure and just stick his legs in there. And I don't. There's also a belly opening too, which I think you could put Luke in. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm maybe I'm imagining that, but I definitely know you could put your your regular Han or Luke figure in there, and it looked like they were actually riding the Tauntaun because like the legs were already like superimposed on the side of the Tauntaun. <laughs> so, so you're gonna invest in the Swampa, Jeff? No, I um, I have too much stuff, and I have a baby Yoda on the way. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so what you're saying, trimester? Yeah. yeah. So, so what you're saying is after baby Yoda, got <laughs> maybe. It. I got I didn't wasn't really into the black figures, and then all of a sudden I got one, and then I had to get I got uh, <laughs> all the bounty hunters. Base I pretty much recreated the bounty hunter scene from Empire Strikes Back. So I had Darth Vader talking to. To Boba Fett and uh, I can't IG eighty eight and Dengar and Zuckus and Forlom and Bosk and all those guys and so then and then all of a sudden I got Ray and then I got Admiral Thrawn and then I was like this is done and I stopped so I I'm done with Black Series oh you at least got to get the two Imperial officers <laughs> no Bounty hunters we don't need their scub yes sir uh, that's those true. guys <laughs> what do you have Han Solo in, in uh, Carbonite. Well, I have the big, uh, I have the big version of that. I have the, uh, the sideshow size. collectible. Noise, <laughs> yeah. not life size. I wish I had life size, but what, no, what? I have too many. As I'm moving now and I'm getting all those things out of storage, I'm like, I Jesus Christ, I'm gonna have to sell all. Oh, these you got can... him from sideshow collectibles. Too? Yeah, I have this. Size also, also, funnily enough, also in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> not really carbonite. 
Mm-hmm. It's more of a cross, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> a cross between carbonite and what? There yeah. you go. Hey <laughs> um, Yeah, I have I have a problem. Maybe I'm going to sell these and that'll help remodel a kitchen or something. I, I saw the end of Forty Year Old Virgin. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There it is. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I'm looking forward to put them on display again because I haven't seen these things in freaking forever, and now I got a man cave. It'll be awesome. Noise. That's all I got. Anything else? Uh, I'm I'm good. Nope. Sounds yep. like we're we're good. Uh, everybody, um, be excellent to each other. Um, there's still shitty mm-hmm. things going on besides the epidemic here in the states. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Agreed. Wear your mask. Be yeah, nice. wear a mask. Please. Be, be the best version of yourself you can be. And, yeah, and please, then some. Please, please, please. Yeah, <laughs> please. Take, please treat it as if wearing a mask helps. Because it does. Even, even Whether you, you believe, believe it or not, it. just don't yeah. be an asshole. Exactly. You're not special. You're not a butterfly. Listen to Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Dr. Fauci, who, if we're going full circle... <laughs> Uh, I heard Brad Pitt. Is... Brad Pitt did play Fauci. Hmm. Oh yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, heck, uh, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.